Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. Glad to have you. My name is Kevin. Gonna get right to the point. Uh, rock and roll is a force of nature. Rock and roll can and does save lives. Rock and roll is magic. Uh, the album we're talking about is is tapped into the main the main line, the plug, if you will, of rock and roll from where all great rock and roll. Uh, has sprung forth from uh, talking about car seat headrests his new album or their new album teens of denial uh, we're going to get a little little background maybe in the show notes or something um, I, I don't often say this but uh, before I get hyperbolic here you you might be better simply just listening to the record this is uh, to my mind one of the best rock records I've ever heard and I don't say that lightly uh, it certainly is the best rock record of 2016, without a doubt. There's nothing that, that I see in the pipe and nothing that has come before that, that can touch it. Um, and right now you're saying, ooh, hype, I, I hate that. Um, turn off your, that, there's a little button back in your brain. I want you to reach back, I want you to push it, I want you to turn off that button. Because that button, that, 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 little, that little voice turns us all into assholes and we miss a lot of great, great stuff. Uh, this is stuff that you don't need it explained to you. This is stuff you will feel. This is stuff that is essential. This is a guidebook to, to youth that speaks so strongly that uh, that me, as an about to be a 44-year-old man who doesn't think about his youth much, uh, it, it forced me to remember what that was like. Uh, that's not a trick. That's that's talent. That's art. That's power. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about the album. So, uh, you know, you may be better off just listening to it right now. Like I said, um, I, I don't even know. Just I, I would rather you just listen to it. But if, if you do like hanging out with us and and like what we have to say about things, then this is a good podcast. It's a good discussion. It's more of this like effusive praise uh, than, than a review. Um, but at the very least, uh, please you know, put this down, go listen to the record. And uh, maybe this is out on Monday. Uh, if you're just getting into this, come meet us at the Black Cat. Um, if you meet me at the Black Cat and say, I listen to this podcast or I listen to the album because of the podcast, I will buy you a beer. That's that's a fact that's going to happen. Um, this is not to be missed. Uh, this is uh, a stunning achievement. Uh, and to boot, at the back end of this, we've got a, a new tune from Promised Land Sound. So how about that? Is, is all that good enough? Because I, I think it is. Um, so I'm just going to get out of the way now and, and let this thing rip. Here, here we go. This is episode number uh, 185 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. Where we're trying very hard to review Car Seat Headrest, Teens of Denial, uh, but instead just uh, sort of showing our love for it. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review of just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a wonderful sandwich. Welcome back, guys. Uh, or I should say, hello, Eduardo. Good evening to you. I was just—I <laughs> was just searching under your uh, couch here for yeah. those three eleven CDs. But uh, Carrie, you have made it back. Uh, yep. Spent some time with Radiohead. I hope. Yes. Uh, since then, um, I doubt That's it. That's all I do now. I Listen. doubt it though, because you've probably been spending the weekend uh, listening to this album that we're going to be talking about. I've today. been listening to. This album, pretty much every time I drive to Loudoun County, I just put it on because I'm like, I cannot believe that this came out of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, what we're going to be talking about today, this is the news item and uh, the uh, the album, is uh, Car Seat Headrest. Uh, Car Seat Headrest is primarily one uh, Will Toledo from right here outside D.C. Will uh, in Leesburg. Uh, don't go there. Sorry, Will. Don't go there. Yeah, don't go there. He left too. So yeah, uh, <laughs> went right. to school down at William and Mary, which features prominently in this album, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and is now out in Seattle. Uh, his story is he, uh, I think, what is it, back 2010, maybe is that that far back? Just started. Yeah. Uh, when he was a zygote. Yeah, <laughs> uh, unloading track upon track upon track on Bandcamp. 
to the point that it created such a mass. I mean, it, you you could not ignore it. Matador Records picked him up last year. Uh, they put out a record that was sort of a uh, almost like a comp of like the best of his older stuff called mm-hmm. Teens of Style. It was a it was an excellent album. Mm-hmm. Played here at DC Nine. Uh, Bryce Rudeau and I went to that show and left and with would our not dress, shut up about left it. Left with our jaws, <laughs> uh, you know, off just just down on the floor. It was it was it was unlike. It, it's what I want to see in a rock show. Period. I mean, this is this is rock and roll that I want to see. So uh, we're going to be talking about that, uh, and th- it's the news item because just this Friday, you know, this album came out on the 20th. You're listening to this on the 23rd, hopefully, because you subscribe to us. Of course. Uh, uh, of course. And um, so, Eduardo, you pre-ordered this album. I sure did, not to, yeah. not to give away uh, yeah. a sort of a spoiler for the yeah. ending. But, um, but yeah, and uh, I kept getting notifications that the album had shipped, and, and I would excitedly go to track that album because since, like, I don't know, probably six or seven business days ago, I've gotten a handful of emails saying it's two days away, and I just really wanted to get my hands mm-hmm. on this thing. And every time I clicked on the link to track the shipment, it would US, USPS would tell me... You get a 404 error. It does not exist. <laughs> it has not been shipped. And on, and on Friday, we found out why. Yes. Uh, there is, uh, and what was to my uh, mind, one of the highlights of the album, uh, a musical quote, if you will, of the cars, uh, just what I needed. Uh, that is on a song that was at that time. Uh, let's see, the, the song titles are long as hell. Uh, there's a policeman in all our heads. He must be destroyed. In parentheses, good people. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, Will Toledo is a writer of. Uh, uh, this is gonna be hard to not mix the review with the news. Uh, he's sort. He's his his talent as a writer is stellar, and to hear this. In here, used not ironically. I mean, it was right. it made sense, um, uh, and it made the song. And it, honestly, it it is was for me one of the centerpieces of the album. Not because I'm old and like the Cars, because it showed that he his palette that he is pulling from is not strictly uh, '90s and and whatnot. So as these things go, we know copyright is is basically a giant clusterfuck. Uh, and when you when you do something like this, you have to get uh, the rights to it, you know, in a performance, this is fine. If he's just playing it live, uh, it's generally, I think, covered under ASCAP. Uh, you can go out and play whatever you want. Uh, but on on record, uh, you have to pay for that. Uh, weirdly, uh, we had a situation like this last year, Ryan Adams doing 1989. Um, right. And, you know, while he did get uh, Taylor Swift's blessing, he did not require it. There is a process with which you can record whatever you like as long as you pay for the rights to that. So the story in this is that Matador Records thought that they had the rights. They went to the right person. Uh, these rights are extremely hard to track down. Uh, they are often not correct. And in this case, uh, they weren't. So they, in good in good faith, made a deal with a publisher that they thought owned all the rights. And the publisher did not own the rights to the uh, U.S. release. <laughs> so the rights are different if you in England or Canada or anything. But so... The end result of this is that uh, they either had to secure the rights uh, or trash the record. And turns out, Rico Kasich's people from the cars didn't want his work used in this way. So they're sending you the album, but they're also sending you a lighter. And you have <laughs> yes. to burn it right. yes. when it arrives. So now uh, that song has been scrubbed from the album in place of a reworking of the song. You guys just heard it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, my understanding is that Mr. Toledo is, is happy with the reworking of that, but as all things is when, uh, you know, once you put something out, it's no longer yours. Uh, I, I can say having heard both and I, and I recognize that part of this is that I did hear the first version and fall in love with it, like that it's not better and it hurts the album in general. So we have a situation that I, I just haven't seen ever uh, in my recollection, certainly since we started the site, where every single one of these records is destroyed. He might be on the hook for the recoupables of this. If you understand how record deals work, like you pay for everything. Right. 
you know, you get in advance, but you pay for everything. And when people talk about getting screwed by the labels, and Matador is a good label. Like, let's be clear. They it, they hopefully have, like, fixed this and taken care of it. But, uh, you know, Young Will Toledo, just in a simple, like, honestly, like an error that none of them, it was none of their faults, but it happened. Uh, this could impact his career for the rest of, like, his right. life. So I, I've been talking a lot about this. So so what do you guys? Well, so so I want to go back to something you said early, though. Um, so it's possible that like the Japanese release of this or something will have the version yes. that we've heard, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just U.S. listeners who will be deprived of a really majestic song that has a really cheeky and brilliant reference dropped in mm-hmm. um, at the end that really just kind of expands the scope and the universe of the album in a way that that enhances it. So congratulations to all of us who live in the U.S. and who were subject to U.S. laws, because yeah. this is the yeah. this is this is the the patent system that or the except that there's system. no way on earth that is not going to make its way back if it's released anywhere yeah. in the world. It's going to be back in the U.S. within 37 seconds. Right, but it w- it won't be on. Um, well, it maybe it will be on, on physical media. Yeah, you'll get a Japanese any, import. Right. It won't be right. You can buy a Japanese Which, import. You won't be able to get it on the U.S. album. But there's no way that the dear listener, yeah, it'll be, it'll don't be heard, worry, right. you're going to be able to hear it. Well, not only yeah. that, and I, and I hate to say it, but you know, somebody uh, is going. I mean, look, PR companies send out stuff to like places like us larger music blogs and i would say it's the larger ones that tend to like actually leak this stuff i mean mm-hmm. these things this album actually has leaked uh it's been it's been leaked for a while so it, it doesn't get it doesn't get brought up in as many varied places as this thing has been discussed right without there being a, a copy of it somewhere so this album is out here with this version then people have it let me be clear that you shouldn't because you know it people doing a job like we do that we are trusted in good faith right. to keep this to ourselves and we and like we absolutely do I mean, it's locked mm-hmm. behind an encrypted thing uh and uh this one i was you made it very clear we will all get fired if yes. we give it to our and, friends I, and yes. i was very hesitant <laughs> yes. i was because they trusted us with this a, a good while back. We've had I was hesitant to send it to anybody right. on our team. I was like, "Well, w- you guys can hear it here, or a week before." Uh, but uh, you know, we're sort of the good guys, and the, <laughs> the rest of the, that doesn't happen all the time. So this album's out there. So like, what? I, I don't know what this says about because people are like Rico Kasich is a dick. And I, 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 but I, and I also want to clarify that a little bit. You guys keep saying, "Oh, well, there's a, a reference and there's yeah. a line." No. The intro it's to the quote. song It's a quote. It's yeah. not a yeah. quote. The intro to the song is the beginning. It's like the You're opening right. bars. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it there's no getting around it. You're I was right. I had it on my phone because I've been listening to it to get ready for the podcast and Daria the lady is like, yeah. I haven't heard what all the hype is about. And I was like, well, let me play this little song for you and see if you know what it is. And she was like, oh, my God, that's like it is. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, See, it's not a vague that, reference. Seeing that smile on people's faces when they realize that, like, not and only like, oh, this kind of sounds like that, but to realize then that goes, Will Toledo knew that <laughs> right. all along and he's been sitting right. on this thing right. that he's going to drop yeah. in. But it's, you know, it's, it's just when you hear the first because it's just like done. No, wait, because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 it, it is the exact sequence. It's yep. done. Dun, it's not like the vanilla ice dun, thing. It's and like, you think that's where he tried to get away with it. But it's you listen to the first four notes yeah. and you're like, this sounds like it could be the cars, but maybe I'm just being old. And then mm-hmm. he goes, da dun, da dun. You're like, okay, that's that is the song. Yeah. And then he goes into this brilliant song, which doesn't have anything to do with the cars song. Correct. Yeah. Then he goes back to it and actually just sings like a whole. Uh, uh, he sings a verse. He yeah. sings a verse, yeah. but he switches the like the last two lines and as says, he is wanting to and do. The, the last right. line and they're brilliant. References pavement, so that's a pretty mm-hmm. nice haircut. Yep. Right, it's yep. a very very nicely done thing. But to say, oh, it's like a line or two, and you know they're going nuts about it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's pretty well, but I, but, but, but they try. But the but, question, the question, but Matador to, did what they were supposed to do. They did what they were supposed to do. They didn't try to get away with it. They didn't pull a verve and like, oh, we're going to rip off the stones and not my, try to get away. But not try my to do question about is, it. it's, is did they? Do we want to people to be trying to create art where they can't uh, call upon the canon that's before everything that's come before them? Uh, because again, as a writer, this kid is brilliant, right? And that is a brilliant 
piece of writing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. And it is squashed now. But and it yeah. will not be out there and it will not be, well, and people won't understand. I mean, you can liken this to like Paul's boutique and hip hop. You know, the, I mean, who are not playing the parts, not quoting it. They're using the direct samples of this. And we've seen how that happened. You know, it took 20 years for creativity to get back up to part of what they were doing. So Pavement opened, um, they opened um, Crooked Rain, their famous kind of, you know, first classic rock yeah. type sounding album, w- quoting uh, Buddy Holly Melody right. on Silent Kid. Right. Right. And it's genius and it's fantastic. And, and people it's, do this. And it's vulnerable. And it's just, it just sets the tone for that whole album of like, these kids know what's happening. Happening. Um, and we've essentially been robbed of that of that moment. Right. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Okay. I'm saying I understand both points, and this isn't just a, a gentle alluding to something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty good lift. I don't. The thing is that I, I have a different take on that particular song. I love this entire album, uh-huh. and I feel like they're most of the songs are are stronger than that one. That's not one of my favorite songs. Right. And in listening to it after all this blew up on Friday, I was like, it doesn't even need to be in there. It that's stu- it. To, to my to, yeah. If you know you're going to get into trouble for it, it doesn't need to be in there. He is a brilliant songwriter. He's got 19 albums of stuff that he's been putting out since I think he was like eight years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude, dude's, dude's prolific. He doesn't need. <laughs> To you know, to do that if it's going to get him in trouble. It's the principle of the thing, though. I, but okay, what well, what if you're Rick Ocasek? What's the principle of the thing? That's you're my a, you're, that's you're my damn dick. song. It's just that's you, you're a dick. And, and now they said that's what you guys. They, say. they said representatives of Rick Ocasek. So maybe Rick Ocasek doesn't even know. Uh, that's, that's the problem with like trying to license any piece of agree, music yeah. that's that, that old. That's, that's what is the conversation ba- we're trying to have. You're basically is. dealing with like real estate tranches where you have right. like every house is owned by twenty, and you have the collapse of everything. Right. You can't tell where where the licensing well, is. Well, because what happens is when you're creating a song, or, and every artist runs into this, is invariably you quote your influences, and a lot of times people are like. And a lot of times this is good uh, that you like. Oh, I just uh, I just redid like this song, and I guess I'm gonna have to change that because I don't want to be known as like I'm just ripping this off. In fact, the band uh, Roddy will be listening and he'll laugh. Uh, the band that uh, me, Andre, and Roddy were starting uh, Zebulon. We had this like crazy <laughs> bass line. And uh, couldn't dun, figure dun, it out. Dun, 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 dun. No, couldn't figure it out. Couldn't remember. It. And it was just a block. And then two years after we had just like just blown up and like called it quits of trying to do anything. I'm looking you mean at blown up in the opposite sense. Yes, I mean, you mean more imploded than blown up. I look at Roddy and I'm like, that's the fucking baseline for that the second half of the chain by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cool. You guys are yeah. good because back. because it's so cool and that riff from the cars is so fucking cool. It's instantly recognizable and yes, it's using this other person's work. In my mind, it was transformative. It was uh, and and it honored it. It revered it. It wasn't mm-hmm. making fun of it. So what? And you know, I was hoping to get Casey Ray down here to talk about this because this is a lot of what he deals with. Obviously, you want to get Rick Ocasek paid. That's not what we're talking right. about or here. Right. Even not even paid. Get us okay. It's his work. No, no, get him paid. Because he did it and he deserves to get paid for that. But if he's if that's going to be locked in that type of interpretation, I mean, this this can like, go up to honestly threaten um, fair use. Because how much of this, like if this had gone to court, this would have been a hell of a case. Because right. how much is enough? And you have to get it down to like seconds and define like, well, he changes that last lyric. So it's technically not the same. And to say that some art is completely unique in the universe, we know that's not true. It's it's weird that in an industry with so many, all due respect, so many attorneys and so many, you know, <laughs> Angry, mean, coked up people, and all that. That that's that, usually there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a But but so it's weird to me that 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 this issue remains still largely kind of like a weird chivalrous like gentleman's agreement of like well then we won't press our claim and you know and we won't because Stur- yeah. Sturgill had to get permission from the Cobain estate to release. Very similar situation, right? Right. So, so like that. That version of In Bloom was threatened because he changes the lyrics somewhat. And Kurt, and that's rolling and that over in his wasn't grave. a good use of it. That's what kills me. <laughs> right. But he had the money of Atlantic Records behind him. Yeah. 
And so when faced with that, like and the well, lawyers of Atlantic Records, yeah, making so sure Atlantic they had Records is going to take right Matador permission. is not a big label, right? They're so, major, but major ish, but they're not a big label. So the case law on this is is thin. I'm getting. I'm yeah. Is yeah. Like people just don't spend money. It's just because it's so hard to define. Right. You know, like what right. sounds like something else. I mean, we as a as a group of people who do a podcast, and every single how many people are like effectively on this podcast, like ten at any you know yeah, yeah. random time. Everybody hears things very very differently, and so you there's it's impossible to say. Well, that sounds like that. Well, that sounds like that. Well, that's a rip off of that. This this case is well, we, much more clear cut because he's actually using that song and he's lovingly referencing that song but there's also like all this other stuff where you're but like that different. doesn't sound like that to me but think about the uh what's the guy uh robin thick that's what it's exactly yeah. what so i was right. going so think, for think, i don't hear think it. about that case yeah and i didn't I don't hear, hear it. it and they lost right which is crazy and they lost right. big which right. is crazy and that was a piece of shit that did not benefit society in any way <laughs> like let's be clear uh <laughs> and tom petty didn't need the money i mean nobody right, right. nobody this, the sam know. smith thing right yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right 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 you know so i mean I, I don't know what the answer is. I know there are people that we know that are working on it, but you know it needs to be fixed because you can't you can't fundamentally change your art because you're afraid of expressing it because you might get sued. That's that's an insane idea. I, I don't know. I, I I do take a different tact on it. I think I feel like well, I, I mean, I'm not even talking do about. Do you agree? From, do you agree that like artists need protections? Because I do. I think artists need protections, but I'm also I'm looking at the artist on the other side that needs protection. You're you're looking at it one way, and you're thinking the artist who's making something correct that's drawing off of somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the artist that made it in the first place. Yeah, and I'm not even talking about getting paid. I'm not even saying Rick Ocasek needs this money, and and therefore we need to pay him for what he did, or he should get money because he made a great song and now we want to use it. Could, what I'm saying is that if you use something that I created. I should have a say so in it, and if I have given away the rights, I have sold the rights to that song to somebody else. Yeah. Fine, but if I haven't, I mean, there are artists that don't sell their rights. Prince, for Very example, few. yeah. But you don't you that they they, they maintain control over yeah. what they've created, and for if for some insane reason Rick Ocasek does not have ears and he hates car seat at headrest and he just hates music then i could see where he'd be like i don't want he he should have the right if he still maintains the rights to say i don't want my song used like that i i would i would favor a system where there's just a straight up payment and yeah and so now i can use it and do whatever i want with it because because that that system that you're describing carrie like basically most awesome hip-hop like um who's the guy that i'm thinking of the guy from pittsburgh oh girl talk Right, like wouldn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, no, no. So right, you wouldn't have sampling. You wouldn't have licensing. And, yeah. I'm, and what I'm saying is that the the way, what I'm talking about also largely doesn't exist because most artists do not maintain control over their own songs. Right. The second they write it it's and they of, hand it's it out over, of the world. Yeah. it's out of their hands. Right. It is no longer yours. And whatever company you've signed on with is going to use it in whatever way they want. I'm just saying I think that there needs to be some recognition of whatever rights are still available. And I'm not saying that as an attorney. I'm saying that no, as and, and, that's and, just how and, the world and, works. And I get that. I feel that. But but at the same time, I mean, there, it, it's that definition of, of where that line is because it can't be simply the artist is just like, no. The artist can use... I, you know, no, you can't use my shit for to sell a product I don't like. No, you can't do this. But if you're operating right. in the same medium, like a song, and you're quoting like an idiom or something or so, something uh, stylistically that is matching that, and it's clearly reverent and not like a Weird Al thing, right? You know, right, Weird right. Al being like actually the, the well, where do you draw the line? Yeah. Well, Weird who, Al, who Weird Al, that? Weird Al is actually uh, sort of the ground zero case for this because he does pay to use all this, right? Because he doesn't want to get his ass sued later. And, and let's and let's all not forget the most egregious example of of rights and payments, which is Sting getting paid for the guitar riff on Every Breath You Take, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Which he did not write, did not play, but which Puff Daddy could only use with Sting's permission. Yeah, even though it was not. So, like what you're saying, Carrie, is like is like defend the person who created the work. You know, the person who created that intellectual property. Um, a lot of times, the the owner or the or the gatekeeper is not actually the person who. No, no, no. And, who but that. that's what I followed up with my. Yeah. That's what yeah. I followed up with is if they have if whoever it is that created it has turned it over to someone else, well then game on. But you do have to follow the rights. You can't just say, 
well, I want to make great music using your great and, music. And, and right now, like... And I, th- I think fair use in a in a podcast, fair use in a, a review show, fair use yeah. in, in any other thing where you're just actively trying to promote... Especially education. ...music. And by promote, you mean... Fine. Promote does not mean, like, saying it's good. No, 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 no. I'm saying you're promoting listening to something. Yeah. Because, it, you know, we might... We all have differing opinions. You're pretty good about making sure that we don't ever just all trash an album. Like every there's well, there's pretty much balancing. <laughs> there is there is some balancing of you know yeah. I know that some of you guys really like it and some of you don't. Let's make sure it's it's a good balanced. Right. Because nobody wants to sit around and listen to an hour of us trashing something. When I say promote, I mean go listen to this. This is a thing. Yeah. We're not selling that sample or that that piece of music that you're playing Correct. as part of the podcast. Car seat headrest. Was selling Toledo is mm-hmm. actively selling that album, and there is a large chunk of that song that is the Cars. Now, if Rick Ocasek has sold off his rights to whatever megalith that he, you know, went with yeah. years and years ago, he really doesn't have anything to say. He's done because he's sold it off. Yeah. Same with whoever owns all the rights for the police songs. That's who owns the rights for the police yeah. songs. And if it's if they all turned over all their rights to Sting. So be it. That's what they did. They trusted him to do it, and he said, "Sure, have at it." And I, then they took all the money. I, I think because I want to, I want to stop talking about this and uh, get to the rock because the rock is what's important. I mean, this is this is super important and uh, something that's been on my mind. But the rest of the album is the, so damn yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> but but I will I will say it's something we haven't done here because uh, you know. I'm waiting for uh, Benji from Pledge Music maybe to get in town to come talk about it. Casey Ray certainly, you know. There is a it, – it's not a full solution yet, but a thing called blockchain. It's what Bitcoin is based on. And essentially it's a it's a digital uh, framework that can – when a piece of art is created, it can – you can embed in that every single related rights-oriented thing that you need to. So you don't have to track it down. Because what, what happens is so we're trying every, to track it down. every play, every download, every time that, that, every time that it's thing, accessed it, it travels, it travels yeah. through, it hits right, a decentralized right. database, right. is my understanding right now. That's one way of doing it. And so no matter what, if you know you're using that's what I needed, or, or what, uh, uh, you can basically look at the metadata for this file and know exactly who to contact for the rights. Right. All the rights. <laughs> all the rights. Exactly. All the rights. All the rights. Um, and, and, and there's a big push for that this year, and I think that is a, and that doesn't solve. Then we can talk about the issue of, like, okay, should the, the actual creator have this, you know, no, you can't use this, like, in a performance. Like, how much do you lock that down? Because I, I think it does limit uh, free speech, personally. And I, I think it, it limits creativity. And uh, I, I agree with you main mostly carry in that if he was egregiously like including this sample uh and we'll call it a sample even though he's actually playing it but to try to sell the record i i can disagree with that i i, I can say that's not cool but it, that that wasn't the case in this the intent was not you know i don't think anybody's gonna listen to this uh, because so I'm gonna throw a car sample on there to try to get the cars demographic in there. <laughs> this is the most hyped album of this year, period. Because I'm 23 and I really, really, really want that 47 year old demographic. <laughs> so, uh, with that said, uh, a lot of work to do on that. Um, but uh, I guess let's go ahead and talk about some rock now. You hold your breath, you hold your breath, you hold it, hold my breath, I hold 
more like it. Uh, sorry to bum you guys out with the policy talk. Let's we are in Washington, D.C. Let's talk about lawyers and let's talk about yeah. shit that matters. Uh, that is, I believe, the second single off of uh, Car Seat Headrest's uh, new album, Teens of Denial. That is uh, fill in the blank. As you can tell, that is powered by the rock fury uh, that that the, the rock gods down in Hades have spoken of in the past. Uh, this is... Uh, not his clearly not his debut, uh, you know. As you heard on this podcast, and probably looked in the show notes, so many Bandcamp albums, he's pretty much developed his style uh, in public, which is sort of amazing. That Bandcamp afforded somebody the ability to do that. You can go out and start writing songs and get immediate feedback, just by sales or just by downloads, and see what happens. Um, he got so much feedback and was so good at it that he got picked up by Matador, um, and. One listen to this album and you know why. It is, uh, not not to spoil this or anything, I think this is not only one of the best rock records, or the best rock record of 2016 to date, it's one of the best probably in the last decade. I can't think of anything uh, immediately that melds so much like reverence for good 90s rock, but also just the rock and roll spirit and structure with great, and I mean great writing, with, with self-loathing, with, yep. with, uh, with uh, depravity. Just everything about this is a perfect shot of rock that just, I, I've been waiting so long for this. And, and you don't fuck need- Japan droids. <laughs> <laughs> And all you, all you motherfuckers yeah. who thought the androids was it—he's pointing at me. Yeah, I'm pointing at Carrie. Yeah. That it, and it was like this is just one of the best things I've heard uh, come down in so long. You don't need multiple listens of it. Like it's no. just like you listen to like the first three songs and you're like, "Fuck, that's good." So the nice thing I said about Radiohead is that they're acting their age, and I'm really glad Will Toledo is acting his yeah. age too. Because <laughs> although he's totally is... like an old soul in like a yeah. young kid body, because he sings about stuff that you're like, you shouldn't be singing about this yet. There, yeah, you should not a, be thinking about like your mid thirties. Yeah. yeah, and the perspective of that song specifically is, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, hey man, this guy's <laughs> like this guy's singing to somebody else, and no, he's singing to himself. In yeah. fact, most of the songs on the album are dealing with his. Uh, inability to like himself yeah. or even like the situations. They're deep dives into the psyche of someone uh, experiencing life. Uh, I think a lot of this is probably based, uh, if it's it's if, if it's him in uh, Williamsburg, down at William and Mary. There are specific references, especially in that song, mm-hmm. and in Vincent, uh, mm-hmm. which was the first single off the album, that are, are just about Williamsburg. And, it, and I know that because I lived in Richmond. I had friends in Williamsburg. And I'm like, yeah, they, yeah. yeah that's, that's about right there. And, and what I like about, there's many things I like about it, but when you listen to it the first time, you're like, oh, he's lecturing his generation. And then you're like, no, he's lecturing himself. It's not so self-referential. Yeah. That you immediately are like, oh my God, just spill it on Facebook and shut the fuck up. Like he just, he really just speaks to like amazing things that happen to everybody. Um, Cross generation. I mean, so the show good. at DC9, you know, we were standing there and there's a kid in the front row crying and Bob Boylan is sitting like two, two rows back just like going crazy. <laughs> this stuff. With his hat. Yeah. With his hat. This stuff speaks uh, to people on so many levels and it's so... Uh, the, the level of perfectionism exhibited again in the writing, but that just the plane, like it. I, I don't know, like if this guy was hit by some like bolt of lightning, he's like the musical flash, or like what what happened that somebody can be this precise, this proficient, and this excellent at what he does. Well, the confidence is like so just so loud right which is the point of confidence anyway but but like but like there's a there's this this challenge of um how much of your personality goes into an album and how and how do you make it you but still make it accessible and interesting to people who aren't you um and one way to do that is just to overpower people with with the Mm you-ness of it and and this album just absolutely does that like it's just it's to your point earlier kevin like it's it's loud and it's angry and it's sad and it's funny and it's and it's optimistic and down on things and it's like it it just um it it just manages to be um that rare thing which is a successful guitar rock album mm-hmm. at a time when that genre is basically dead 
Right. Yeah, if not, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, why it's shocking to me yeah. because because everybody's so concerned about like '90s nostalgia. I mean, they are, and, yeah. and you know, you have. Uh, not, I'm not gonna like diss on Speedy Ortiz, but that's one of the things that they don't hit with me. They're not moving it forward. Right. Right. And right. it's this revisionist instead of this looking at and like we were just talking about though. He's doing this '90s thing and then brings in a car song. Yeah, which you're not gonna hear on the finished album, you know. Uh, but you know it. Take take even like the track uh, "Drunk Drivers Killer Whale." Yeah, <laughs> like if I'm to understand this correctly, it's just like he's at a party, he's had too much to drink, and leaves, and this is the doubt going through his mind while he's driving down the road. Yep, is that is that it? Sounds, sounds, sounds about right. I think it's the next day actually when he's sitting down. He made it home. He made it home, and because like. like <laughs> No, no, because but the, but the lyrics of it are there's notes in your handwriting and you can't make them out mm-hmm. and you don't know you're on the floor right. and you don't know how you got here and it's like there's a voice in your head telling you knock it the fuck off yeah pull over get out and walk home which works that voice. As a, which works as a literal yeah. like a literal like explanation of that and also metaphorically just life but then also it's just like he just keeps he doesn't. What I really like about that particular song is that the lyrics are amazing and the mm-hmm. song is fantastic. But then he also just keeps saying "killer whales," and he doesn't like insult anybody by like putting a lyric in there that says, "If you are a drunk driver, you're driving around like a killer whale." It's just like I'm going to just say it, you know, "drunk drivers, killer whales," and then I'm going to like go on with my song. Yeah, it's just really, really well done and really distilled down and brilliant. I meant to uh, I meant to research this just for um, but we're not a facts based podcast so no. it's, so it's okay that I didn't. Um, there's a little bit of a tone here that reminds me of like a uh, young Joan Didion writing about Hate Ashbury in um, Slouching Toward Bethlehem I think mm-hmm. um, where she's talking about seeing two year olds on acid and there's just this idea that like wow you know um, I'm in I'm in Sodom like and this is and yeah. this is real and this. And and he makes a few references to that during the course. He calls of, Williamsburg Sodom and Vincent. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, right, right. so and we're talking about Williamsburg, Virginia, not Brooklyn, right? <laughs> and and, and it, honestly, it is. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I didn't. I did not go to William and Mary. Um, my in laws live down there, but um, but I did go to a small liberal arts school, and I feel like um, I would have. This album, having this album at nineteen, would have been such a gift to me. Jesus, like, to be able to get to like to have this help me work my way through um a small liberal arts school with like you know riddle and addled new england prep school kids mm-hmm. <laughs> and like i just know every single type on this album i know uh, it it's it's so familiar the another one of my notes is that it's it, it manages to maintain this like diy ethic where it's mm-hmm. not over polished it's not so overproduced and i will hearken to japan droids as being like comp- i know stop please, making the face i'm getting ready to okay. say something bad about japan droids so hush. yes i think that like the energy has the same like on a scale of one to ten the same level but right. japan droids is definitely like just done to the to the hilt whereas this really just kind of speaks to you and it reminded me in driving around and i thought it was funny eduardo that you had commented on listening to it while you were driving past your old high school oh my god it was too much this is exactly (laughs) the kind of album that i would have loved for like one of my friends to pass me in the hallway and be like dude you have this is this is what it's going to be like to this and then you just think you were like the coolest person in the world i have told everybody that i know like as soon as this thing comes out you have to get it it's so damn good um, but it's and, what and, you're talking about. It's like you have no right to be depressed. Yeah. Like that is the best line <laughs> from fill in the blanks. And well, it's, no, he's it's this to, next line. You have no right to be depressed. You haven't depressed. tried, you haven't tried like hard enough. Right, right. <laughs> and it's, it's looking at everybody. But, but you have no right to be depressed. Is basically talking to every privileged kid that goes to William and Mary. It's, yeah. Yep. You know, and you all drive home drunk, and you all do these things, and you all do every bad thing that he talks about on the album, and you yeah. all talk your way out of getting arrested by the cops and yeah there's yes. so many that's the, there's yeah. so many cops on this album yeah like you would <laughs> if you if you've ever had to be the person who had to talk to the cops in this situation right, right. no it's very <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean it's part and I, I should note too like you know we're all uh carrie you and i are in our 40s you're in your late 30s mm-hmm. like 
raving about this thing like we're teenagers. Like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're like, I was like giddy and, listening to this and thing. I don't think it's a nostalgic thing. Like, ooh, I remember that because I honestly, I don't. Like, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also funny. Like, when I'm driving down the road, like, I want to make sure my windows are down so everyone can hear me yes, listening yeah. to this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to play a track and then we get back into the discussion of this. Uh, this is. Uh, hands down, I mean, this is out on Spotify now, so uh, hopefully you've listened to this album uh, before now. Uh, but this is uh, this is easily the best track of 2016, uh, maybe the best track we've ever played on this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I I no no hyperbole, no, no expectations. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, so let's see if we can get the name of this right uh joe gets kicked out of school for using <laughs> that's in parentheses drugs with friends parentheses but says this isn't a problem <laughs> so uh, i'm not gonna say that again here we go i get to know myself every weekend and i'm weak Hangovers feel good when I know it's the last one Then I feel so good that I have another one Last Friday I took acid and mushrooms I did not transcend I felt like a walking piece of shit Stupid looking jacket And I walked around town Felt like I was in Sodom There were filthy people seeking comfort for their bodies It was so obscene
Yeah. Are drugs better with friends or are friends better with drugs? Or then. Uh, I, I just, right. I just, uh, I just realized that's probably my favorite rock song of all time. It, it, I, I am dead serious. I, uh, uh, so, so put this, put this song on in your car, roll the windows down, play it over and over again, harmonize with that. Like last I mean, bit of all time, Eduardo. Just, yeah, just just do it every si- like, and 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 you'll be on Kevin's side of this argument. It's, it's I, um, I don't I don't know where that came from. I don't give a fuck. I it it packs in everything I like about indie rock, everything I like about classic rock, everything I like about uh, just like good writing. It's yeah. everything. It's uh, the track is just fucking everything, man. Well, it's 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 bold. It takes chances. You know, you, you you can sort of imagine him, you know, maybe playing that line for someone and saying, "Do you think that would work?" And then being like, "Ah, it's it's it can be, it can go either way." And he was like, "But what if I do it? What if I believe it a thousand and ten percent?" Yeah, right. And what if the band delivers it like I'm a fucking messiah, and I <laughs> yeah. can see the what if future? I get the entire crowd like, yeah. singing. Right, and you're I like, think oh, I just then, it, up, then it works. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Weird weekend. We get to talk about this and talk to Eric Johnson. Within twenty four hours, like see right, see uh, uh, Free Bad Life. Um, the um. I think you guys keep talking about like 90s rock and yeah, I agree with that. But it also reminds me of like all the early work of Jonathan Richmond and the Modern early Lovers. Early Modern Lovers, yes. Which, oh my God, yes. just so funny, so tongue-in-cheek. Even when he says the modern style, right? Yeah, that, exactly. That, that's such and this a, is all yeah. the modern style. Yep, yep. And it's just like it's this so whole like s- snide, sly, j- you know... If Richmond talked more about drugs, this yeah. would be exactly what well, it would sound like. Well, he has that slightly like nasal Maybe Jonathan delivery. Richmond can sue him. Exactly. <laughs> the, I, I feel like he might be Jonathan Richmond's like kid because the, that nasal, the, the yeah, sing-song yeah. talking, um, the running through, like, this is what's happening to me in my day sort of storytelling yep, yep. Uh, that's going along with the song. It's just brilliant. I hear, I hear way less pavement in his music than a lot of people do, but it's only because I love pavement so much and I think they have right. a very distinct sound and i think for a lot of people it's like pavement sounds like the 90s and so if a band sounds like the 90s they must sound like pavement i think it's also i, like, I, I think it's that too. i think it's an easy an easy thing to do also of matador i see right. everybody comparing everybody to pavement yeah like that's always yeah. like the, the first line i think of everything. the comparison whether or not those uh, i mean I, I i think of it but i think of it as pavement because it is making a uh, almost dissonant noise through not just competent but virtuosic playing, yeah, and that's the comparison. So I don't uh, think I don't think you're gonna look at it and be like, uh, "This reminds me of this moment on this pavement album." But uh, the the aesthetic, the aesthetic, the, yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say something a little bit off that probably is. You guys are gonna shout down, and if you okay. do, you can just take okay. it off the like, take it, just edit it out. <laughs> This honestly reminded me a lot of like the Lemonheads, like when yeah. they first came out. Ooh. Like his voice yeah. sounds a lot like because, Evan because Dando. Evan Dando is a f- totally, motherfucker of a songwriter. Totally, yeah. Evan Dando. I mean, he's this is like if if the what Lemonheads were dolls? super super no. good <laughs> and not um, if they were yeah if, if Lemonheads were a lot better. But you know that was like a perfectly pleasant album that came out, and then this is just like it off the charts. But his voice is very reminiscent of, of some of that stuff yeah you know? yeah and, and i think uh in seeing him and and you hear him talk uh he does a little stage banter and stuff and uh but in seeing him i think he's very aware of this and again i, I it's almost like a, on, on the scale a little bit like attention to detail that i don't think we've seen in people who love the art that they grew up on and are figuring out how to translate it and make it something their own and I, I, I would suspect that's why he succeeds, because in all of this is just simply he can process it like that. Yeah. Like he, he hears it in his head. You know, we talked to Khan, and I think he's sort of the same way in what he wants to get across and say. Like, he hears it all in his head, you know, and that's, uh, you know, some um, Beach Boys shit. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and also I think we've we've reviewed a lot of albums that don't that um, that are that are that look back without really um, without really having anything that uh, I guess without moving beyond the nostalgia thing. Um, and I'm not going to single any bands out by name, but but you know this is this is one of those that's clearly um, you know he 
sincerity, right, and and being genuine. Like these are these are traits mm-hmm. that are like kind of hard to come by. And even mm-hmm. I would say we just reviewed Radiohead. Like I don't know what the fuck the band actually thinks about anything. Like I don't like. There's no there's no person behind it. There's no right. Uh, and I, I don't it, I don't think we necessarily know what the fuck Will Toledo thinks about anything. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that like if you look at a band like. Radiohead or some of the larger bands like they're basically giving a manifesto about like things in general versus Will Toledo who is this is kind of like an autobiography and I can't tell with his lyrics if he's actively working at making everything kind of pitch perfect and making the lyrics just insanely brilliant or if that's just how his brain operates but it is about about him it's not He's not talking about global angst. He's talking well, about why, personal yeah, angst. That's, right, why, right. that's why I was making the the, uh, the Beach Boys Brian Wilson comparison because right. because it is a very singular type of talent mm-hmm. that you just don't see ever. But the way he like his phrasing, I, I, and, and he, I haven't been on the podcast everything like mm-hmm. like you have obviously, but I, whenever I'm on, a lot of times I do talk about lyrics, and it's a big thing for me, and and the writing and the lyrics on this. You you would think that it would just be a throwaway because the music is so good, it's so loud, mm-hmm. it can it could become it could just like be really angry should you listen to when you're getting ready to go out. But the lyrics are amazing, and every word is you know he's like I just I took acid and mushrooms and I did not transcend. <laughs> and yeah. the way he phrases it I is felt just like a walking piece of I felt shit. Like a, I did not transcend. <laughs> so descriptive. I felt like a walking piece well, of it, shit. It it <laughs> it, 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 so it, com- it combines a very subtle and eloquent way right. of expressing things with a very basic way right. to, to tie it together. I mean, yeah, he, it I'm I'm not I'm not a lyrics guy and so right. for but this is what I come back to like over and over on this album is the writing on this album. Like I'm not a lyrics guy because I don't think people write uh, great lyrics often. You know, you have Dylan, uh, and I, I would arguably say uh, uh, Adam Duras from Counting Crows. The first two albums are some good, really great writing. And that's a dark horse pick, but yeah, uh, yeah. but you have well, uh, Recovering the Satellites is a great, yeah. is yeah, an no, amazing I, I, album. And but in, invariably, what you have is people trying to balance the serving like they're they're making a sonic uh uh dish to serve to you and they feel like they have to push in lyrics and i mean there's a there's an art to all of it and and some can be simplistic and some can be like hyper literate like the uh, decemberists which i don't enjoy like too much because i think that's trying too hard this is so hyper (laughs) this is this is hyper everything and and at every point along the way, he's not forcing a rhyme. He's not forcing a metaphor. He's right. not forcing everything. Is just so I would really be interested in an interview. Yeah. If he if he has a notebook and he writes stuff down and he's constantly like erasing things and changing words mm-hmm. around to oh this is a better word or this makes yeah. a better sentence or if it's just like that's how that comes out of his head that would be remarkable. I, I suspect it's the latter. Yeah. I, I think because it seems like it probably would be. Uh. You know I. I, I can't imagine he he doesn't work hard at making all of this, but this is this is approaching like perfection. Gus, as as Gus has shown up and taken over the vacant seat on the uh, podcast uh, because he totally all, agrees. All has been replaced. <laughs> all has been replaced. Hi, Gus. Yeah, Gus agrees. Hey, Gus, can we talk about Radiohead? No, no. no. <laughs> um, so basically, this has been like twenty minutes of us like effusing about this. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, Eduardo, what are you going to do with this album? Well, if you were listening closely earlier tonight, <laughs> you've, you've noticed that I already pre-ordered the vinyl. So I am indeed a buy. Okay. Which is coincidentally how Radiohead would spell it because it's alphabetical. B-U-Y. Oh, yes. So. This is gonna, you're going to be bitter the rest of the year about that, aren't you? Uh, Carrie. Uh, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. In whatever format it comes out. And then I'm going to fly to Japan. I'm going to buy it over there, too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm I, committed I, I'm gonna buy it, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna listen to both versions. Yeah, and let's talk about this again in a few months, in about six, seven months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, something tells me we might be, uh, given that uh, you know, best rock record of 2016 and all that. Um, yeah. So well, this is definitely gonna be on my top ten. F- I can't think of anything that's gonna knock it anywhere, even in right. the bottom. So, five. So, so can I get a fuck yeah? Fuck yeah. Fuck right. yeah. Uh, 
Car seat headrest, teens of denial. Um, normally I say you don't have to listen to us, but you do have to listen to us. Uh, this this will make your life better. This will uh, fix your broken relationship. This will... Uh, you're trying to have kids? This will this will do that. Is your checking account overdrawn? Yeah. It'll fix it. It'll fix it. Uh, this like is cleans this your is, carpet? Huh? It cleans your carpet? <laughs> That's it an awesome thing. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to Tom Waits' and step right up. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is... Um, I, I am... God, I can't wait to see what he's doing in ten years. Yeah, holy fuck. Yeah, it's it's really exciting to just yeah. to like. Yeah, I really hope he doesn't have one of the moments where he just like decides to break off and pretend that he's walking into the desert to be sucked up by a UFO. No, because then I'll make Jim Sullivan's album. <laughs> and that'll be amazing. Um, so uh, we like to kick off every podcast or end every podcast here uh, by playing a track. Uh, this time, we're going to talk about a band that, Carrie, you and I saw last night. This is a few weeks out from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about uh, Promised Land Sound from Nashville, by God, Tennessee. Damn, they were good. And damn, <laughs> they were good. Uh, Two Eric, weeks later, Eric I still Johnson described them to me, of Fruit Bats fame, uh, described them to me as like the Grateful Dead uh, in, in the early days, as if they if they didn't go full country if they didn't bring that all that into mm-hmm. that and more and i'd say fuck if he wasn't right uh this was yeah we walked into the rock and roll hotel uh saw them playing and they just slayed like that and they're also just super nice yeah like they all came out later and were hanging out yeah and they were just amazingly nice because everyone they, from tennessee is nice they've got as jack, long as they're not got carrying jack white on their side <laughs> Uh, he, he put out their first uh, seven inch, so Jack White, who seems to be good at spotting talent. Uh, we're going to play a little mellow track because, I mean, we, we all get hyped up. I'm, I'm a little worked up right now, so I need to, I need yeah, to come down. Yeah, let's bring it down. So um, this will uh, bring back uh, stuff, a little Big Star maybe, a little, uh, definitely a little George Harrison. Uh, this is She Takes Me There from their album uh, For Us and Delight. Oh, 
nice mellow, guys. Was, I'm calmer. Yeah, that's a nice cool down. Gus, you, you feeling that? Yeah. You've been hearing that a little the past few days. Uh, Promised Land Sound, uh, For Use and Delight. That came out in 2015. I hope they have a new album coming out because after seeing them last night, they said they had one. Um, they said they had one out that they were working on. Excellent. They were playing stuff off of last night. That is good. Uh, that brings us to the end of our podcast. As usual, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can rate us. Uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher. Hopefully, Mixcloud. Maybe never. I just keep mentioning it just in case. When are we joining Title? <laughs> no, uh, and also I know Spotify. Uh, is hosting podcasts, but you have to be really big. So if you guys just like rate us in iTunes yeah, and get make us, us up bigger, there, listeners. make us bigger. Come on, <laughs> you enjoy what we're doing. You you enjoy. I know you enjoyed uh, talking to Chad and Louie. I know you enjoyed that. You probably Hell enjoyed yeah. talking to Eric Johnson from Food Bats. You can go back through our archives, and there's some cool shit. So uh, you know, we don't want money. We just want fame, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's all. That's what I've learned from Empire. All we want are your stars. We don't want your dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, st- and cats. stars keep Gus fed. How about that? I'm going to guilt you guys. Uh, thank you guys for coming down to talk about this. I, I'm surprised. Thank you for we're, having I, us I'm in your basement, we were, Eduardo we were, and Kevin. We were <laughs> we were able to sit on this for that long. Uh, yeah. But now, now that it's out, I think the, we'll let the steam valve out and we'll regroup next week and Figure out what other, what mediocre comparatively albums we can talk about. <laughs> just everybody, just put down your guitars. Yeah, all, all you musicians <laughs> out there, just give up now. Yep, because Will Toledo has conquered all. Uh, He'll probably have another album out by next week, so we'll just have to <laughs> review that too. That's amazing. Uh, we will be back in a few short days. Uh, until then, uh, be good to your ears, but be better to people and your cats. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Guitars in the ass We sat in the sand Oh No, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi.